You are now listening to the Daughter to Daughter podcast with your host, Shaniqua King, where we heal from trauma in the presence of God. Join me as we embark on a healing journey that encompasses the spiritual, mental, and emotional work necessary to overcome past trauma in the presence of our Father, learning to lay it down at His feet and in turn receive restoration, wholeness, and healing. When you know whose you are, you know who you are, and you know what you have. Welcome to the very first episode of the Daughter to Daughter podcast. I'm Shaniqua, and something I always say is I'm a daughter first. So before any other title that I have, I am a daughter of the Most High God. That comes first. That is the most important role and position that I will ever have. The most important role and position that you will ever have is a daughter of God. I want to start by giving a disclaimer which is this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Although I am a licensed therapist, I'm not your therapist. Unless you're an actual client of mine, then hey girl. Um, But if you are struggling with any mental health concern, definitely consider taking it to the Lord and allowing God to lead you to the right therapist. So what better way to kick off this first episode than to have a discussion about trauma in the Bible, trauma in the Bible, and God's response. But I think it's important to first remember God's character. God is a God of compassion. He's loving, he's kind, he's gentle, he's patient. He loves his daughters. He loves his children with an everlasting, unconditional love. And so what does that mean for you? It means that nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And we know that according to Romans 8, 38, look, if y'all know me, y'all know I'm a reference of scripture. So get your Bibles out now because you will be flipping through the Bible. Um, But nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing you do can make God love you any more or any less. He loves you, his daughter, you his daughter unconditionally. That means that he doesn't wait for you to get it together or he doesn't wait for you to to be perfect and newsflash, you'll never be perfect on this earth. Um, He loves you now. He loves you through the trauma, through the chaos, through the mess, the anxiety, the depression. He loves you. He sees the depths of your heart and he loves you anyway. God's first response to us is always love. It's mercy. I want you guys to to turn to Psalms 145, verse 8, and it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Just look at all those characteristics listed. Gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. And that's just a, a small part of who he is, not just what he does, but who he is. And this reminds me of what God did for Elijah in first Kings 19. Um, Elijah went alone into the wilderness and he prayed that he would die. But what happened instead? 
He slept and he ate because the angel of the Lord told him to do so. Elijah was so weary and God gave him rest. God responded to Elijah's weariness, not with judgment or condemnation, but with compassion. And guess what? God desires to do the same for you during this tough season. He desires to do the same for me. He desires to do the same for his daughters when we are going through whatever struggle, whatever trial, whatever storm. He desires to meet us right where we are with love, with compassion, with grace, with mercy. So one thing I do know for sure is that everything we see in this natural world has a very real spiritual root. And like I said, if you know me, I'm always going to reference a scripture. So y'all still got your Bibles out, right? Turn to Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. Um, and it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's the um, New Living Translation. So what does this mean for you as a daughter of God? It means that you have an advantage. You have power, dominion, and authority given to you by your heavenly father through Jesus. Um, and that reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5 which says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So with that being said, I believe that when it comes to mental health disorders and diagnosis, not everything is a spirit, <laughs> But everything has a very real spiritual root. Does that make sense? For example, let's break down trauma from a spiritual perspective. And if y'all know me, I always say that trauma dates back to the beginning. So in the garden, um, I want you guys to turn to Genesis 3. Um, we all know this chapter where um, the serpent convinces Eve to eat the fruit of the tree that God told them not to eat from. Um, but I find it funny how whenever God tells us one thing, the enemy will swoop right in and try to skew the very thing God just told us. And I noticed that this also happens to Jesus in Matthew 4 verse 6 when the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, when y'all God just confirmed and affirmed Jesus's identity in Matthew 3, 17, saying, this is my beloved son. The enemy be trying it, y'all, I swear. But going back to the garden, the serpent posed a question that caused Eve to second guess what God originally said. All right, let's be honest here. I want y'all to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. Raise your hand if you've been there before. So we all know how the story goes. They ate of the fruit. They realized they were naked and they hid from the presence of God. God confronted them and they played the blame game. And because sin was introduced, they were kicked out of the garden. How traumatic is that? Imagine being in the presence of God, the father, all the days of your life. This is all you know. And then suddenly being separated from your father. And so that's why I believe that 
trauma began right there in the garden and it was orchestrated by the devil. But just like God had a plan, God had a plan to redeem mankind and reconcile us back to him. He also has a plan to redeem you from the trauma you experienced. Okay, so let's take some time to really analyze this passage. It started with a conversation, right? Eve entertained a conversation with the serpent. That is why we need to watch our mouths because the wrong conversations will become open doors for the enemy to run rampant in our lives. So I want to ask you guys two questions. And you guys could reflect on this. Get your journal out. Write them down. Um, You can answer them later. Have I engaged in conversation with the enemy? And then the second question, what are some things the enemy has planted in my mind that has caused me to question my identity or what God has told me? So getting back to the scripture, verse six says that she saw that it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes and would make her wise. So can I hypothesize for a minute? If I'm looking at it with my therapist hat on, I'm putting my therapist hat on right now. I imagine that it was the last part that really did it for Eve, that it would make her wise because, well, maybe what I have, who I am now isn't enough. So imposter syndrome, maybe low self-esteem, lack of confidence, any of those sound familiar, anything that you have ever struggled with. So You can relate to Eve more than you know. The enemy planted a seed in Eve's mind that would cause her to question her identity and even attempt to alter it, which was the eating of the fruit. So watch your mouths. Watch the conversations you have with whom you have them. Now, conversations aren't the only way the enemy finds a way in. The enemy can also get in by way of agreement. And coming into agreement with a thing could sound like my depression, my anxiety, my this, my that, my sickness, my illness, my disease. When you come into agreement with anything, you are essentially giving that thing free reign to come in and out of your life to cause chaos and wreak havoc. Another way the enemy gets in is through an open door. Um, And pretty much an open door gives the enemy permission to come in, kill, steal, and destroy. Like the scripture says, open doors can be as a result of something you've allowed in your life. It can be as a result of something that has been on your bloodline that was never dealt with. It could be unhealed trauma, ignorance, unforgiveness, pride, self-righteousness, generational curses, unconfessed sin, hardened hearts, unbelief or doubt, um, and also some friendships or relationships. But let me also say this. As a therapist, I know that mental health concerns and disorders are very real. I know that trauma is real. I've experienced trauma myself. But, not but, and, as a daughter of God, I also know that everything in this world is very spiritual and before you say it's not that deep let me just say it is that deep a lot of people have the experience of christians telling them to just pray it away or just pray about it which can cause some to think that 
oh, well, maybe I don't have enough faith to believe that I'm healed. The problem isn't that you lack faith. The problem is a deeper spiritual issue that is impacting your mental and emotional health, which is in turn affecting your faith and your relationship with God. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. So say, for example, um, Rebecca, I'm just making something up. Rebecca, um, she's the oldest sibling of three. Say she has a strained relationship with her mother and her mom um, struggled with addiction her entire life. As a result of her mom's addiction, Rebecca had to grow up very quickly and she had to essentially assume the role of parent to her siblings and she resented her mother for it. Now, present time, Rebecca is a 24-year-old woman who is currently in therapy to heal from childhood trauma and she has a goal of growing closer in her relationship with God. So right now she struggles with anxiety and she calls herself a control freak and she doesn't trust. I put control freak in air quotes and she doesn't trust that God will provide for her because in her childhood she learned that, well, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So now she has that disposition of um, hyper independence. Y'all. The enemy uses the very trauma we've experienced, the same trauma he had a hand in, to keep us out of relationship with God, to keep us from walking in our God-given identities in Christ, and to keep us stuck in what was, being unable to be present in what is and move forward into what will be. And so just with the example that I gave you guys about um, Rebecca, she believes that she can't trust God to provide for her. Um, She may also have a hard time seeing and receiving God as her heavenly father because of the trauma she experienced. The enemy had a demonic agenda against her life from the very start, but It did not begin with her. It probably started early on in her bloodline. And so her mother struggled with addiction, most likely due to the trauma she experienced, um, spiritual root, physical manifestation, right? The addiction in turn impacted Rebecca mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So it's not one or the other. It's both. It's not just a um, a mental health issue or just a uh, spiritual issue. It's both. So as we wrap up this first episode, I want to go back to what we talked about in the beginning about God's character and how he responds to our pain. God is a God of compassion. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. And as I said earlier, we saw that with Elijah. Elijah wanted to die and God responded with compassion. Read through the Psalms and hear David's cry. He was dealing with depression amongst other things. And at the end of each of his Psalms, he always, he always remembered God's character. He always remembered God's compassion and his love for him. And so I want to bring you guys to one of many stories in the Bible where Jesus responds with compassion. Y'all still got your Bibles out, right? 
Turn to Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. And this may be a very familiar passage for some of you. So to summarize, this passage is pretty much about a man named Bartimaeus who was blind and he was on the road begging and he heard that Jesus was passing by. So he began to cry out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And in this passage, if you know me, I'm gonna look up a definition. And the word mercy is the Greek word eleo, meaning to help one afflicted or seeking aid, to have compassion by word or deed. Y'all, Bartimaeus was crying out for Jesus to respond to him with compassion. And how did Jesus respond? Well, in verse 49, it says that Jesus stood still and commanded him, Bartimaeus, to be called. Y'all, his cry stopped Jesus in his tracks. Jesus heard Bartimaeus' cry and called him to himself. But that's not all. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus was prepared to meet his deepest need, and he did. And because he is no respecter of persons, Jesus is also prepared to meet your deepest need. But first, something is required of you. You have to be willing to cry out. You have to be willing to open up your mouth. Of course, God already knows what you're experiencing. He knows what you're struggling with. He sees you and he needs you to ask for what you truly need. And newsflash, it's not money, it's not influence, or any other surface level thing. Bartimaeus went from begging on the road to crying out to Jesus. And he was probably begging for money or food. He could have asked Jesus for wealth or status, but he acknowledged that he had a need much deeper than that. A need that only Jesus could meet. That need was to see Jesus because he was seen by Jesus. He asked for his sight, y'all. And after Jesus restored his sight, he didn't run off. Bartimaeus did not run off. He followed Jesus. How many times have you gotten an answered prayer and then went the other way? Oh, thanks, God. Thanks for that. All right. Bye. And went about your business. Bartimaeus received his sight and followed Jesus. And so I have two reflection questions for you. The first one, what has prevented you from asking God for what you truly need? And the second one, what are some things that you have taken ownership of that you need to disconnect yourself from? So, That's all I have for this episode. I pray that your spirit be edified and that your heart be healed. And one thing worth mentioning is if you struggle with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health concern, ask God to change your perspective on it. Remember his character. Remember that his first response to his children is always love and Remember that you can bring the trauma that you have experienced to God. You can bring it to him. He can handle your big feelings. Your scars don't scare him. 
God created the mind. Of course, he has a plan to heal the mind. And as a daughter of God, healing is your portion. So begin to believe something different about yourself, your life, and your situation. Because when you know whose you are, you know who you are. And you know what you have. Thank you guys for listening to the Daughter to Daughter podcast. And I will see you on the next episode.